The truth lives. Political bomb show starring Rishon Blyden. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday. Getting down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. Partying, partying. TGIF, it's Friday! Welcome to Political Bombs Show. I'm your host, Rayshawn Blyden. If you'd like to participate, you can call us at 323-835-1123 or visit politicalbombshow.cf. Friday, Friday, gotta love it. Rainy Friday today. Nonetheless, it's still Friday. And I'll, I'll take it because the weekend... Is fast around the corner and it's here, baby. Woo! Like Ric Flair, woo, would say. So, my main monologue I'm going to be talking about is do you consider online friends to be your true friends? Do you treat them the same like you do a true friend? That's what I'm going to be talking about. And I'm going to use myself as an example. At one particular friend that I made online, and I'll tell you if, in fact, I did treat them like I do a friend that I grew up with or I made from a social event, from work, I will divulge all that information. I feel like I know you guys. I can tell you anything. So <clears throat> we'll be doing that later. And, of course, I will be doing the news as usual. So... <clears throat> Let us begin with the news, shall we? Radio host Art Bell died of prescription overdose. Wow. Uh, Art Bell, Art Bell. Why? It's not ringing a bell to me. I'm sorry. I'm not saying that to be funny. I, I don't know. You know, there was no pun intended there. But uh, let's see. It's sad that he died from prescription drugs. Well, according to this, he said uh, accidental drug overdose. So I don't know. Uh, let's see here. Longtime Pahrump radio personality Art Bell died of an accidental, accidental overdose from a cocktail of prescription drugs. The Clark County... The Clark County Coroner's Officer's Office said Wednesday. Oh boy, I butchered that whole sentence. Let's start back over. Longtime Pahrump radio personality Art Bell died of an accidental overdose from a cocktail of prescription drugs, the Clark County Coroner's Office said Wednesday. Much better. There you go. Bell died April 13. In a bedroom of his Pahrump home at the age of 72. April 13th? Wait a minute. I don't understand. If he died on April 13th, why is the story released now? I don't understand. 
I don't get this. Unless the coroner report was just released. No, I have no idea. Let's just keep reading. Bell died April 13 in, in bedroom of his Pahrump Hotel at age 72. The coroner's office determined he had four prescription medications in his system. The opioids, oxycodone, that's a horrible, you know, we see, we have to do something with that. I mean, our president is trying to attack that, but it's a serious thing, the oxycodone. When I had, what did I have? I think I had, so when I had surgery to remove my tonsil and it was painful, they gave me oxycodone. I, I didn't like how it made me feel. They gave me a liquid form because, you know, my throat, I wasn't able to, if I had swallowed anything hard, it would have made me bleed. So um, they gave me the, the liquid form. I didn't care for it that much. I mean, I didn't get hooked on it, but uh, I, I don't. I didn't like the feeling it made me feel. So, but some people do, I guess. And also, he had hydrocodone. So I don't even know what that one is. Diazemp. I'm not even Diazemp. I don't know what that is. Often marketed as Valium. Okay, I know what that is. And the muscle relaxant. Carisoprodol. He had a lot of stuff in his system. Chronic obstructive pulmonary disease and hypertension also contributed to his death. The coroner's office said, man, he had a That's bad. That's really bad. I feel, I just don't understand if he, if he died you know, April 13, why is the story only being released now? I don't understand that, but anyway, uh, moving along. Let's see here. Uh, da, da, da. Man convicted of attempted homicide for spiking girlfriend's drink with abortion pill. Oh my goodness. Wow, that's a little bit extreme there, buddy. You impregnate her. Well, let's let's read the story. I don't want to assume anything, so let's read the story. This was in uh, Appleton. All right, come on, let's get rid of these pop-ups. These pop-ups really kills. Can you stop with the pop-ups, please? I'm trying to do a story here. Oh, pop-ups are the worst. Even though I have a so-called pop-up remover, Okay, what is going on? Let's close this up and try again. It's killing me. Come on, please stop with the pop-ups already. Okay. Appleton, a Fox City's man. Okay, please stop moving. Please stop the madness. This is killing me. It's not allowing me. Oh, it's pissing me off. So, show more news. Of, of course I want to show more news, you fools. This is really aggravating. These freaking pop-ups. Which site is this? Post Crescent, you freaking fools. You let me read the damn story and stop with the madness already. You're pissing me off. Andrew Pearson leaned towards the microphone he spoke slowly and quietly. I knew what I did was wrong when I was doing it, said Pearson, a 29-year-old from Appleton, 
convicted of multiple charges for secretly filming women in a Target change. Whoa, he was secretly filming women in a in a Target changing room at the Fox River Mall. What a sicko! Pearson sat next to his defense attorney, Timothy Hogan, in a bright orange jail uniform Thursday morning and tried to apologize for his actions before. Okay, this is a completely different story. This is not about the uh, the abortion. This is something different. This is this is a man getting two years in prison for setting up hidden cameras in Target. This is not what I wanted. This site is so annoying. I'm going to try one more time. I'm just going to go on to another story because this site is just freaking frustrating. Okay, let's try one more time and I'm done with this stupid story. Pissing me off. Why does he keep doing this? One more time. Okay, they, they forced you to freaking read us. It says here, answer a survey from the third-party research so you can, you know what? Screw you. I'm not doing anything of the sort. They block, what they do is, if you don't do the survey, they block out the story. What deuces? They block the story out because I don't want to do this stupid survey. Okay, I'm never going to this place, this site again. This is ridiculous. I can't even read the damn story. Okay, I'm gonna see if I can. Let's see if I can find the story somewhere else. Let's uh, search. There's more than one way to skin a cat. You douchebags. Okay, there, here it is in USA Today. Let's read it from here. Not gonna stop me from reading the story, you douches. Okay, here we go. Appleton, Wisconsin. A Wisconsin man charged with spiking his girlfriend's drink with an abortion-inducing drug was convicted this week of attempted first-degree intentional homicide of an unborn child Wednesday. The girlfriend of Mans Kumar Patel, 45, didn't ingest the drink but miscarried weeks later. That's horrible. The attempted homicide charge carries a maximum sentence of 60 years in, in prison. Good. You deserve it. Killing an unborn baby. Sentencing was scheduled for October 9th. I, I, I hope that he rots in jail. And he probably will because he's 45 now and he gets six. I hope he gets the maximum 60 years. I hope that Someone makes him his bitch in jail. Let me put it that way. A host of other charges in the case and two other cases, one felony case and one misdemeanor case, were dismissed as part of a plea agreement. Um, Did he say why he did it? Uh, No, he's not saying why he did it. Obviously... I could just uh, speculate that he didn't want to be a father and maybe she wanted to have a baby and maybe, or I don't know. I'm not going to speculate. I don't know. The point is, is that's, you don't kill an unborn baby. That's, you should suffer. Honestly, I wish you, you should suffer the same faith as, uh, 
the same faith as a baby, you're horrible. Um, hmm. This is gross. The cops say a man dumps human waste bucket in 7-Eleven. This is just nasty. Really gross. Look at the guy. He looks sick. I could see um, something looks like it's wrong with him. Why is there something always screwed up going on in Florida? I will never live there ever. 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 Florida suspect 41 source his vile slurry from portable toilets. Oh, this guy is really sick. Honestly, why would you do something like this? August 2nd, that was yesterday. August 2nd. In one of the more vile episodes to recently transpire inside a 7-Eleven, a Florida man yesterday dumped a bucket containing human feces and urine inside a convenience store in St. Petersburg, according to police. The man really looks like deranged, honestly. Investigators allege that Damien Sims, 41, arrived at the 7-Eleven around 1.30 a.m. Wednesday and proceeded to toss the slurry of human waste on the floor of the business. The liquid splashed on merchandise value of $28. Pictures on at the right Sims. He looks really demented. He really do. Apparently obtained the waste from a portable toilet. The defendant threw a bucket of Porta potty liquid human feces and urine reported. That's so nasty, man. Why would he do this? In late May, Sims was trespassing from the 7-Eleven and returned tonight with a bucket of human feces. So apparently it was some type of a anger, revenge thing because he was trespassing and he probably was asked to leave. That's sick. Uh and it says note that indicated that he was uh he was he was drunk basically. The incident was recorded by the store security cameras. Charged with trespassing and criminal mischief, both misdemeanors. Sims is being held in the county jail in lieu of three hundred dollar bonds. That's it. Upon his release from custody, Sims has been barred from having contact with 7-Eleven or the store's managers. Sims, a convicted felon, has a lengthy rap sheet that includes convictions from burglary, weapons, possessions, grand theft, animal cruelty, disorderly intoxication, loitering, driving drunk, and carrying a concealed weapon. This guy needs to be Locked up in jail and or locked up in a nut house. He really looks like a nut. He's something look like his, he's sick in the head. That's what it looks like wrong with him. He's definitely a sicko. Sick, sick, sick guy. I don't know why they let him out. You could one look at him and you, you just throw him in a, in a nut house and throw away the key. You know, keep him in a padded room. He's sick. I could see that. You could look at the guy and see he's sick. Why do you let someone like that out? Wow. Ah, uh, what is this? Newest New York Times editorial board member says white men are BS, but he f spells the word out. 
Oh, let's see what this is. Let's see. I'm pretty sure the New York Times is BS. BS. So New York Times newest hire sent tons of anti-white racist tweets. The New York Times newest editorial hire has a history of racist tweets against white people. New York Times announced on Wednesday that they hired Sarah Gion to join to join their editorial board. I think I heard about this lady already, this Chinese woman. Jiang previously wrote for The Verge. I don't care about it. I don't want to read. Let me get to her tweets. Dumbass effing white people marking up the internet with their opinions like Dogs pissing on a fire hydrant, she tweeted in 2014. Um, another tweet read, Oh man, it's kind of sick how much joy I get from being cruel to all white men. She tweeted, uh, Let's see what else did she tweet. And, uh, I see her Twitter account here. I'm just gonna garbage human meet. I just gotta leave her a comment. I have to. I must leave her a comment on her Twitter. Let's see. Update. Apparently, apparently it isn't her fault that she's racist. So it's all good. Really. We, this is a statement from the New York Times here. Let me see what these douchebags are saying. We hired Sarah Jeon because of the ex, exceptional work she has done co covering the internet and technology at a range of respected publications. Her journalism and the fact that she's a young Asian woman have made her a su subject of frequent online harassment. She should be harassed. She, she's a racist tweet. I was going to say something else, but let's be nice. Um, I don't care. I don't care. I just want to find where I could tweet her. Uh, da -da. Let's see here. Um, I was trying to tweet her, but apparently... Come on. <clears throat> if you're if you're a white liberal whose goal is to foster a more equitable culture, you need to stop yelling racist at anyone who doesn't see the world exactly as you do. And uh, this woman, I. Let's see here. I was trying to tweet her, but uh, come on with stupid ads. I was trying to tweet her to let her know how I felt about her racism, but they still are making it difficult to find the twit. Uh, and I really want to call her something that rhymes with twit. Female dog. That's what I want to call her. Anyway, I'm done with this female dog. Let's see. Uh, da, da, da. And of course, the paper stands by her.
It's the New York Times. Um, why am I even giving them any any airtime? It's the New York Times. Enraged woman rams into car sporting Trump bumper sticker. If that was my car, okay, I'm going to stop right there. I'm not going to say it, but if it was my car, oh, man. And she ran my car just because I had a Trump sticker. Oh, man. They say men aren't supposed to hit a woman. I would do more than hit her. Put it that way. Okay, so... uh, Crazy female dog again. You're going to ram my car because I have a Trump sticker? I, You know, what happened to free the free... It's... You're free to to have what you want on your car. I saw people with Obama stickers. You think I want to see that stupid sticker? But I'm not that psychotic. I'm going to ram their car. Are you that enraged? Were you on your hormone? Do you need some Midol to calm you down, you stupid female dog? Let's see here. Uh, Barnes Barnes stable. A ta- a a Taunton woman accused of intentionally driving into a man's car a month ago after becoming enraged by a Trump bumper sticker. I swear to, oh, man, let someone do that to me. Oh, man, they would see, it would be such a rage of fury that would rain down to them. I would gladly call the cops and say, come arrest me now. That's insane. You think you're going to ram my car because I support Trump and you don't like him with your Trump uh, syndrome nuttiness going on, I would have slapped this hell out of you. And I would have kept slapping until your face turned backwards. Going to slap ram into my car because you don't like Trump because I have a Trump stick. Are you crazy, woman? You crazy female dog, you? Crazy. Slam into my car because I'm a Trump supporter. They, they, they Screw with me. Go ahead. Try it. See what happens. I've been really calm and I, I've been a real... Good citizen, but when you provoke the dog, the dog will bite you with a vengeance. Tell me I can't exercise my rights because I have a Trump bumper sticker and you want to ram my car on purpose. All right, let's get back to the story. I just it's just asinine that idiots exist. You don't you don't ram my car because you don't agree with, with my political choice. Crazy. I bet you wouldn't have been walking. You would not have been walking. You definitely would, wouldn't have been walking. You would, you would have been a cripple. I would turn you into a cripple right then and there. You want to ram my car? All right, let's go. Let's play, female dog. Let's play. Uh, da, da, da. So she pleaded not guilty Monday in court to the charges of assault with a dangerous weapon. Uh, Chilo Wright, sounds like a black name, 25, also faces charges of vandalizing property and leaving the scene of, of the property damage. Sounds like a co what one of our co-workers did to another, well, actually, he did go up to them and tell them. Never mind. She was released on um, 1250, 1250 bail, and was ordered to stay away from the victim. On June 30th, a man called Barnstable Police to report a hit-and-run crash. He told responding officers he had been driving south on Barnes, Barnes Way in Highness and was stopped 
for the red light at the intersection of Route 28 when the driver of the car behind him honked the horn, according to the police. The man continued driving onto Bassett Lane, and the car followed with the driver still honking. The man told police, according to report, when he stopped again for the red light at the intersection with North Street, the driver also began yelling, the man said, thinking something might be wrong with the back of his car. The man stepped out onto the road and the driver began yelling at him about Donald Trump bumper sticker on the back of his car, he told police. She said, you voted for Trump? That man, the man wrote in a statement, I said, yes, she called me a racist and several other names. Uh, blah, blah. Yeah, how, how could she plead, she plead not guilty when she clearly was enraged because someone, man, I just wish someone would, would come at me and then when they see me wearing my Trump shirt and try to try to come and be in a violent way, violent begat violent. And I sure can bring the violence. I'm not going to be one of these conservatives who's going to be like, oh, no, please call the police. No, you want to come at me violent? I'll be even more violent. It's just like I said in my past show, you hit me hard, I double down and I triple down and hit you even harder. So you come at me for just because you don't like my political choice. Are you crazy? Don't want to let the dragon out of here. Oh, no, you don't. No, you do not. Shoot. CNN Acosta storms out. Let's see what's up with this fool. CNN do suck. That's why they were chanting CNN suck. They suck. They really do suck. So uh, on Thursday, Jame Acosta confronted White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders, I like her, and asked her if she would say that the press is not the enemy of the police. She did not. In response, according to Acosta, he walked out of the room saddened by what just happened. But, uh, they are enemy of the uh, enemy of the state, it's true. He also spoke out on CNN. I don't care about your, your fake news network. The hell out of my face. Politicos. Reporter, sorry for garbage people tweet. Oh, now you're sorry? Oh, you're not sorry at all. Not sorry at all. So political reporter apologized for calling CNN haters at, at Trump rally garbage people with bad teeth. After watching a video of President Trump supporters yelling, cursing, and flipping their middle fingers at the media doing a rally, I would have done the same. In Tampa this week, a political reporter weighed in, unleashing no holes barred tweets that described the screaming crowd as toothless garbage people. The tweets from Marco Caputo, who covers Florida politics for political fuel criticism from conservatives who said his mockery of the president's supporters validates their hatred of the media. The following day, Caputo deleted his tweets and apologized, saying he should have 
he should he should not have stirred further anger and division in an already deeply polarized political landscape. Hate begets hate, Caputo tweeted Wednesday, clarifying that he was not mocking a broad swath of Trump supporters, but only those screaming at the media. Yeah, right. BS. BS. Don't give me that crap. I, I, just be a man and man up. Don't try to lie. You meant exactly what you said. Google launches censored search for oppressive Beijing. I don't care. Do not care. Do not care. Oh, boy. I think Spotify is going to do this to me soon, too. Spotify removes Alex Jones' podcast with new hate policy. Huh. It seems like they are targeting Alex Jones, first YouTube, and now Spotify. Who else? It's not going to be long where they're going to ban my pod, my podcast from Spotify. It's coming. It's coming soon. Watch. Soon I'll be I'll be on air here telling you that Spotify just banned and removed my uh, podcast. Because I guess they're going to call my stuff hate too. Let's see here. The music streaming service Spotify says it has removed some episode of the Alex Jones Show podcast for violating hate content policy. The move followed a backlash on social media. We take reports of hate content seriously and review any podcast episode or song that is flagged by our community, the company said in a statement late Wednesday. Spotify can confirm it has removed specific episode of the Alex Jones Show podcast for violating our hate content policy, it said. Most InfoWars Spotify content from Jones and Austin, Texas-based radio hosts and conspiracy theorists appears to still be available. Jones says his shows, which are broadcast on radio, YouTube, and other platforms, reach at least 70 million people a week. Responding to the Spotify action on his podcast, Jones said, it was what I expect. It was what I expect. I was born in censorship. I was born being suppressed, he said. Among other claims, Jones has called the 2012 Sandy Hook Elementary School mass shooting the hoax, which I call it the same thing in one of my songs. If you, what is the name of my song? Sandy Hook. Oh, I can't remember it. It's on my album, New Calypso Breed, but I did the same thing. I said the same thing. Uh, he was sued for defamation by families of some of the children killed in the attack with left of 20 and six adults dead. He now admits the shooting occurred, but says his claims were free speech and it was free speech. So F him, F him. I, 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 I am not going to take back what I said. They absolutely, how could you be dead? But then you show up in the Boston marathon, same people screw you. That's what I say to that. Okay, so let's see. Uh, uh, 
I ran naval drills on the way amid tensions with USA. Netanyahu threatens. Who who does Netanyahu threaten? Let's see. Netanyahu threatens. (laughs) I remember when I made the album and I had people calling me. Tell me the, how I needed to take my album down. I, I was in 2015. The album's still there. It's not going anywhere. Screw you. Netanyahu threatens Iran, Iran with all... Oops, breaking news. Let's see what the breaking news is. Fox News showing military gear, person, personnel items that North Korea sent to U.S. with remains believed to, to be vets. Let's see here. I don't want to see a video of it. Remains received from North Korea consistent with being U.S. service members, Pentagon says. So apparently they were real. They they were the real remains of the U.S. Okay, so let's get back to my news. That still wasn't, I don't consider that to be breaking news. Breaking news when I was growing up means that something terrible is happening. Right now that's breaking, but... They don't use breaking news for that anymore. Anything is breaking news. Breaking news. Man just sneezed in the wind. Breaking news. You know, ridiculous. But anyway, Netanyahu threatens Iran with all Israel's arm. If Tehran blocks key waterway off Yemen. So, and he's one too. He also, he'll... He, he'll keep his word. He's not just going to just talk just to talk. So, um, I don't care about the largest ever Jerusalem pride parade. Don't care. Our fat pets, a hundred million dogs and cats are obese. Well, what do you expect? They got obese owners and they feed them everything, any and everything. You see my sugar gliders? I will not give them junk. I have them on a strict diet. And I won't deviate. Every now and then they get a little yogurt treat. And that's all. I don't deviate to make them fat. So yeah, I'm not going to do it. And once I move into a house and I get a dog, I'm not going to make my dog fat either. So there you have that. The Me Too, hashtag Me Too hits monastery. High-ranking monk. Censored nuns into sex. Whoa. Coerce, I meant. Monks coerce, excuse me. Monks coerce nuns into sex. This is insane. What world are we living in here? You have Buddhist monks accused of of coercing nuns into sex. This This is sick. Abbot of the Long Guan Temple on the outskirts of Beijing denies allegations saying they stem from fabricated material and distorted facts. So he's denying it. Uh, China's Religious Affairs Administration said Thursday it would investigate claims that a high-ranking Buddhist monk sexually harassed nuns and coerced them into sex. The latest case of prominent figure accused of sexual misconduct in the country. 
this thing is everywhere. Oh, wow. This is something. Really something here. Birds learn language by eavesdropping. This sounds interesting. What kind of birds? Um, let's see here. Uh, the, the Washington AP story. For birds understanding neighborhood gossip about an approaching hawk or brown snake can mean the difference between life or death. Wild critters are known to listen to each other for clues about lurking predators effectively eavesdropping on other species chatter. Birds, for example, can learn to flee when neighbors cluck, hawk, or more precisely, emit a distress call. The fairly wren, a small Australian songbird, is not born knowing the languages of other birds, but it can master the meaning of a key of a few key words, as scientists explain in a paper published Thursday in the journal Current Biology. So I mean, it makes sense. I mean, I speak English, and if I'm around people who speak I don't know Spanish or 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 it's uh. Mandarin or whatever language they speak, I could pick up on body language and and certain signs which indicate that something is wrong, and I could uh, uh, you know react accordingly. So it makes perfect sense that birds would be able to do that too. So I I don't see see why not. Uh, China forces all religions. China forces all religious buildings to fly communist flag. That's not right, but that's communism. That's communism. Man arrested for threatening to feed feed lead to to Scalise. Whoa! Wait, what happened here? What is going on in this country? This was in the Advocate. New York man arrested for leaving threatening voicemails for Scalise and second congressman. Federal authorities arrested an upstate New York man accused of leaving menacing voicemails on the office phones of House Minority, House Majority, Whip Steve Scalise, Republican Jefferson, and another congressman. People are nuts. People are not. I mean, you have one female dog ramming someone's car because they have a, a Trump sticker on there, and you have this idiot leaving messages going to feed the congressman lead. We live in a, in a screwed up world. Screwed up world. Muller Mule wants Russian pop star to sing. I'm assuming that he don't mean actually singing. Or does he mean singing? Let's see. The son of a Russian oligarch helps set the blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't care. I'm not gonna, gonna talk about Mueller. I'm not gonna allow them to dictate my show and, and tell their stupid story. Judge orders Roger Stone Media 
license to testify. Let's see here what's going on here. Oh, boy. So I'll tell you. It's another mule or freaking mule jackass. Judge rules former Roger Stone aide must testify before Mueller grand jury. Mm-mm-mm. Donor agreed to pay Cohen $10 million to push project. What project? This is in the Wall Street Journal. A major donor to President Trump agreed to pay $10 million to the president's then-personal attorney if he successfully helped obtain funding for a nuclear power project. Why do I not care? Because I don't. I don't care. Four dentists accused of raping woman at Las Vegas Strip Hotel. Wow. I unbelievable. Yeah, these guys look like a couple of rapists, all right. They definitely look like a couple of rapists. You got Sina Idalat, Poria Idalat, Eli Bad Kohi, and Simon Idalat. So it looks like sounds like three of them are brothers, and I don't know who the other guy is, but they definitely look like sickos. I don't know. I don't know what nationality. I can't tell. But uh, before I read the story, there's an update that says update four dentists released from jail in Los Angeles rape case. But let me read the story here. Four California dentists, including three brothers face sexual assault charges after a woman accused them of raping her at a Las Vegas Strip Hotel last weekend. Eli Badkuhi, 30, I read the names already, I'm not going to read the names again, were arrested Saturday after a woman reported to win Las Vegas security that she had been raped according to police reports. All four men are licensed dentists in Southern California, according to Dental Board of California Records. The woman told police that she met Badahui, I don't know, Badkubihi in a nightclub early Saturday before he asked her to his suite to continue drinking. According to Badkubihi, arrested report on the way to the room, Bakuhi kissed and hugged her. The woman told police she told investigators that Bakubuhi pushed her onto a chair and got on top of her. And short while after they entered the suite, that's when multiple men started coming from the, a bedroom within the suite and took turns raping her while holding her down, according to the report. The woman tried to resist the assault, but she was too intoxicated and overwhelmed because of how many people were attacking her, and she could not fight back. The attack then continued in another room 
of the suite while one man stood in the doorway she told police. The victim then begged for them to stop asking to leave the report, said evidence from a hospital examination corroborated the victim's account of being raped according to the report. So, sick. The men were booked into Clark County Detention Center. Well, sick. People are really sick. I mean, they're that hard up for sex that they have to rape someone. That's what fleshlights are for. Use a get a fleshlight if you can't get none. Let's see here. Um, it's a sad story. Modified mosquitoes eliminate city-wide virus for the first time. What do you mean modified? What do they do to them? Let's see here. This is a new scientist. Uh, it says here. Den, dengue or dengue virus has effectively been wiped out in Townsville, Australia, following the release of an anti-dengue mosquitoes in 2014. The Queensland city has reported zero cases of locally transmitted dengue. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not pronouncing this disease right. In the four years since it was modified. So there you have that. What else do we have here? Uh, uh, hope drawn from angel in Texas guy. What is this? It sounds like something from the sun or the tabloid. Let's see. Star Telegram. Actually, it does look like an angel in the sky. It does. It's, it's in the shape of a, it's in the clouds, and it really does look like an angel. I, I could see it really does look like an angel here. It says, Danny Ferraro and his wife, Carmen, were on their way to take care of some family business Monday evening, and they were kind of dreading it, he says. Then they saw something in the Texas sky that changed their perspective. Coincidentally, it appeared to the couple on the one-month anniversary of their wedding. As soon as I saw it, I knew, he told McClatchy. We saw the cloud and the brilliant rays. I told my wife that it means that everything will be okay. Danny says, without a doubt, it was an angel. And more than 1,100 people who shared the images after he posted it on Facebook agrees. It definitely does look like an angel. I'm going to post this on my on my show's um, Facebook as well, The Political Bomb Show. Okay, done. That is done. Okay. Uh, da, da, da. Let's see. Da, 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 da. 
Anything else new here? Let's go on to another page here. There's so much going on in the news. There's so many things. Uh, I know it's Friday. You don't want all this depressing stuff. So the Geller Report, eh? so hard to read some of the stuff here. But let's see here. The Huffington Post fake facts about stealth jihadists. So I think this Geller report has a lot to do with, because everything here is usually reporting about jihadists and stuff like that. So it says here, Arnold Isaacs writes in Tom Dispatch in a piece picked up by Huffington Post that anti-Muslim activists in the United States were operating in a post-truth era and putting out alternative facts long before those phrases entered the language. For the last decade, they have been spreading probable falsehoods through their well-organized network of publications and websites. Chief among these alleged falsehoods is the claim that Muslims in this country have been engaged in a stealth of civilized, like civilizational jihad, a long-term far-reaching conspiracy to infiltrate the U.S. legal system, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay. Let's um, see what else there. The New York Times. He just hired a new writer, and she's a racist. We already dived into that. Mm-hmm. Huh. Muslim consular Labor Party star with forced marriages fixer sent a young girls abroad to be raped and abused. Let's see here. This story is in, uh, oh, it's the Geller Report. It seems that the Geller Report pretty much focuses on stuff like this. Professional moderate labor counselor, no less a model for the community laud as the moderate, moderate who we must hold in the highest esteem you greasy is lalamic phobic um blah 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 you know yeah <sighs> i i don't want to read this mala prosecutors say former manafort aide rick gates thought to be star witness may or may not testify i am not i'm done with the stories for today i'm done with it I am done, finit. Let's take a little break, and I come back, I will get into my monologue. I always knew this day would come. We'd be standing one by one with our future in our hands. So many dreams, so many plans. I always knew after all these years, there'd be laughter, there'd be tears. But never thought I'd walk away With so much joy but so much pain And it 
The keyword phrase of the day is San Francisco. Text us now, 323-835-1123, or contact us at politicalbombshow.cf. So, welcome back. Have you made friends online, and the friendship grew, and the feelings were as strong as a friend that you grew up with, or met socially? or through your job, have you? So, I'll just tell you my online story and you can uh, determine for yourself if I did or I didn't. And I'd like to hear some of your stories too, so I could air in a follow-up show on this. Uh, you already got the number by now, you should know it, it's 323-835-1123 or politicalbombshow.cf. I would go that route because we'd have to uh, set up a time for you to call in and tell your story. So politicalbombshow.cf and you'll scroll to the bottom and see where you can sign up to be a guest. But anyway, uh, so, I mean, I've, I'll, I'll test, I'll tell a story about Ryan. I, like I told you before, I used to do music and I had a pretty good size online following. And so... I was on MySpace, and that's where where Ryan found me. He was another fan. So I was like, you know, I don't really, I mean, I, I try to engage the fans, but I try not to to be friends with the fans. Like, you know, just that was just me. I, I would engage them and be friendly with them and chat with them, but I always knew that they were fans and they were, I was the celebrity. So, um but he, he just was just persistent, wanting to chat every day. I, I don't even remember the format of MySpace. I don't remember if it had like instant messenger or sending messages like uh, email. I can't remember. I don't really don't remember. But at some point, we ex he uh, did he ask for my number? I can't remember if he asked for my number or I asked for. I think most likely he asked for my number, and I never do that. I never give fans my number because you never know if they're a fan or you never know if something is wrong with them if they're crazy or whatever and I don't know why I gave him my number but so I gave him my number and that's I think that's why it start that's when it started to turn to go to cross over from fan to friend so he'd uh he was a talker he didn't like the text which reminded me of my generation we didn't text we we had didn't have the technology so we talked on the phone and or in person and uh so he was in Kansas I think at the time and I think I was in Connecticut still so um then he'd call but I'd notice a pattern when he'd call he'd be always wasted and drunk 
And then just incoherent, some of the things that he was saying, it just just was like, wow. This. So I remember one time I commented, I said, you seem to only call me when you're wasted. So then he started to call me when he wasn't, but most times he still ended up calling when he was wasted. And uh, that went on forever. And my, my partner at the time that I work when I work with, he could vouch for this. We called him Turtle because that's what he, he said his, that people call him Turtle. So I was like, Orlando, listen to Turtle. He's calling me. He's all drunk and messed up. So I put it on speaker and Orlando could hear him. And he was really wasted. But uh, so that went on forever. And then. I think I had lost touch or something. I don't remember when MySpace shut down, but then we had lost touch. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, he, what did he call me? No, no, well, before that, let me double trap, go back. Uh, He wanted some of my music. I said, I'll send you some of my music. Then he said, yeah, he, so he said, you're not a pedophile or, or, or rapist or something like that. You're not, I was like, um, you don't have to to give me your address. Just let me send him to a P.O. box or something. He's like, no, I trust you. And so that's when I sent him my CDs and stuff. I don't recommend, by the way, anyone doing this because even celebrities can be sickles as you can read and see that celebrities are sickles too. So I don't recommend people doing that. Don't give anyone online your information. No matter if you've been... Because no matter if you gain their trust, just don't do it. Don't do it. So um, anyway, so going back, so I didn't hear from him for a while. Then out of the blue, he had, uh, and which I was, I was upset because it was like he just disappeared. And all of a sudden, he calls me, and he said, uh, he said uh, that could I write to him? I was like, what do, you, what do you mean, could I write to you? He says, I'm in the uh, Coast Guard, and we're not allowed to, uh, we're not allowed to we just have phones or anything. The only, the only communication we could have is, is uh, if, you know, writing back and forth. And uh, so I, I guess I was the only friend that, that did that. Even friends he grew up with didn't really write him. I was the only one, and we corresponded that way. And so, because I guess... They they told they tell them that, that it helps them get through the the tough boot camp that they they put them through. So I wrote to him, and then so he finally got through it, and then he wanted me to come to his graduation. That was a long drive because the graduation was way down in New Jersey somewhere, and so he still didn't really know me that well enough to to know that I keep my word if I tell you I'm going to do something. So he asked me if I was going to come down. I was like, yeah, I'm going to come down. He was like, are you sure? Because he didn't really know. So I, I said, I am going to come down. So I did go down to the graduation. And I must have liked him. I definitely at this point must have think of thought of him as a friend because I hate, there's, cert, there's certain venues I hate. I hate graduations. I hate weddings. I don't like going to eat either of those things. I can't stand them. I just don't like them. So if I went to his uh, graduation, it means that he was a friend. I considered him a friend. So I went down there and 
that was that was our first time actually meeting, you know, physically in real life. So I sat down there with his, I think his grandmother and his mother. I think yeah, grandmother and mother. They had went there, and it was like, wow, you're a true friend. You actually did show up and come to his graduation. And so we uh, he he took showed us around and was talking a lot about what he went through there. And then we went out on a night on the town, had some drinks, and he he was him. Also, the the turtle I remember drunker than ever. I remember we were walking down the way we were walking down the street, and some 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 girls, random girls. He said, "Oh, it's his Ray Dog, man. He's a star. You want to hear him?" So he started beatboxing. I started rapping. It was fun. It was a fun uh, day. Then drove all the way back home. So then after that. I'm not sure how much the timeline, I don't know how far along after that. He was, uh, he was, uh, what do you call it? After he finished with your graduation, deployed. I don't, know, I don't know if it's deployed. He didn't go to war. He was, he went to an assignment for lack of better word. He was assigned in, uh, in Florida, in Key West, Florida. And so he was like, do you want, would you come down on vacation? To, to, to stay and visit me. I was like, uh, okay. I've never been to down to Florida. I don't, I don't know. He was like, come on, man. So I, I was like, okay, I'll do it. And so I took, to, I drove there. This was nuts. I've never done anything like this in my life. I literally drove for 27 hours straight. And I'm not even exaggerating 27 hours because you could do do the map, do the open up a map and type in Middletown, Connecticut to Big Pine Key, Florida. If you think I'm exaggerating, to see it was 27 hours. That's insane. I didn't stop to to rest or anything, and he kept me going because he kept talking to me on the phone as long as he could. And honestly, I think once I got to Miami, or even before before Florida. I was delirious. I don't know how I made it. That's I don't recommend ever doing that ever. Ever. That was insane. So uh I finally get there. We embrace. I said, just show me the bed. I got a rest and I crashed. And I, I thought I was gonna sleep for a long time, but I think I in real time only slept maybe five hours and woke up. And it was a great time. I mean we went. I we went fishing in the ocean on, off of a bridge somewhere. That was uh, so much fun because I'd never, never been. You know, when I grew up, I only I never had a dad or anyone around to take me fishing. So it was great. That was actually my first time ever fishing in the ocean. I mean, actually, no, it was because even back in I didn't start going fishing until I moved to Massachusetts and I had friends who were into fishing. So yeah, that was my first time actually fishing with, with him. And we were using uh, the bait, which scared the crap out of me. They were live shrimp. I did not want to touch it, so I was using gloves. And I caught a whole bunch of, uh, I think, snappers. I can't remember what kind of snappers, but Turtle insisted that we eat. We caught so many fish, I was like, Turtle, we gotta we gotta clean these and put them in the freezer. You can't eat 
10 fish all one time. He was like, oh, man, come on, man. And so he wanted to record the whole thing. But all this time, I guess I should introduce his crazy girlfriend at the time. I don't even remember her name, honestly. So I just blocked her out. But she, uh, they fought a lot. So they, it kind of ruined my time for being down there with them fighting all the time and making up and fighting and making up. It was driving me crazy. So anyway, they, they had gotten into a fight again and she wasn't around. So he wanted to make her jealous by saying, look how much fun I'm having with my friend here, catching all the fish and cooking them. And so he was taking pictures and videos just to get her jealous. They had this sick game. I don't know why they were playing the games. I didn't even want to go along. I knew that he was doing that. But anyway, we cooked all the fish, and sure enough, maybe after the third fish, he couldn't eat anymore. I was like, you see, you're going to waste it. Now it's a waste. But anyway, uh, so then after I'm crashed, he'd sneak out and pick her up and bring her back, and they'd bang and make up again. And I don't remember exactly what happened. Um, We were... We were in Big Pine Key. He took, I mean, not Big Pine Key, in, in Key West, which was great. Key West, I swear, everyone knew me there. I couldn't go anywhere without someone recognizing me. I went to the to the, to the the bar. The bartenders knew exactly who I was, and they were giving me free drinks, which some of my friends were like, you should embrace that. I'm not like that. I don't like, I feel funny. I don't want to take get stuff free just because of my celebrity, you know, being a celebrity. I don't, I didn't like that. So I never wanted to go back to that bar, but the problem was I couldn't hide or go anywhere. Everyone knew me. We went somewhere else. They wanted to take pictures with me. They knew me. This guy in the hotel said, next time you come out here, we'll hook you up. I went on, we went on a cruise, like a, a party boat cruise. I guess you go out for the night and it's a party. People knew me there. So I couldn't go anywhere without being spotted. It was like, wow, everyone know me here. Well, unbelievable. So uh, I don't remember exactly what happened. Oh, I remember now. I remember. Because remember, I told you guys I hate weed. I hate marijuana. So, well, Turtle, he's apparently he's a pothead. And so I don't know who he was talking to on the street. They were talking about that. And uh, I can't remember my exact words, but this was the first time that he showed anger towards me. He said... F you, you son of a bitch. Don't belittle me or talk down to me like that. Because I had said something about him being a liberal pothead or something like that. And then he stormed away and walked off. And so we, I, I kind of followed him to where he went because I didn't, you know, I'm there by myself. I have no idea where I am. I followed him there. He finally, we finally made peace there. But uh, then again, with his girlfriend there, and they're always fighting. I don't remember why I got so angry, but he was yelling at me for some reason. And so, not knowing where I am, usually when I'm when I'm upset, I usually go and just take a walk. So I just and this was nighttime. I should add. So I just went outside. And I just started walking. I just kept walking and walking and walking. So eventually, he found me, and he was mad at me. He was like he was like. You can't do that. Don't, you You know, what if something had happened to you? You just stormed out like that. So I was like, you know what? I said, 
you seem to be angry and upset all the time. It's it's okay. I'm going to pack my stuff and go back to Connecticut. It's all right. He was like, no, man, don't do that. I was like, no, it's, it's fine. I was I was packing my stuff. And his girlfriend was like, no, it's not you. It's not you. She said, believe me, he's usually worse when you're not here. And so convinced me to stay. But then um, at the end, when it was really when it was time for me to go, I packed up my stuff, and we embraced and said goodbye. Then I drove away. Then I looked in my rearview mirror. I saw someone running. That was him. He ran and he embraced again. And then, um, then that was it. But except this time, on the way home, he didn't stay on the phone to keep me awake. So I almost got into a few accidents trying to do to duplicate the same twenty-seven hour drive. It wasn't that it wasn't possible. I was it was bad. I'm lucky to him that I made it alive. Never drive like that, by the way. Driving sleepy is worse than driving drunk. Statistics show that that's true. So um so then after that um I didn't hear from him for a long time. I was like, what is going on with Turtle? He's, it's like, and apparently, let's see, how much years later? I, I, I want to say five years later. It could have even been longer. I get a a, a text from his, from his mother, and she uh, told me that, her, that he's in jail, basically, and he's trying to get in touch with you. And so for the longest, I uh, I wrote him in jail. I even uh, put money into uh, to, I sent him money. I did what I could with some co-workers because he, draw, he draws. And he wanted to, I told co-workers he'll draw a picture of your baby for money. So I, a few of my co-workers helped him out that way. I helped him out by having him draw a big picture of my mother and myself, send him money that way. I put in money into a into an account. I forget the exact account where I could uh where he could call me, and I could talk to him. And so I I hung in there for the longest. But the one thing that what did did me in, and you know when it comes to my principles and religion, I just there's no compromising. And if, that was the one thing about about turtle. I, you know, I think that back then, now I'm thinking back in the MySpace days, I had did a song. I think that he thought that maybe I was on the dark side like him, which the song was like, I eat corpse, but I don't know if he took it literal. He, I don't think he understood that it's me being a rapper and I'm, I'm saying basically I eat the other rappers for corpse. You know, it's like a, like a dissing song basically, but I think he took it literally because um, looking back on some of his art, and that was the other way I was trying to help him while he was in prison. He would send me his artwork. I would scan them and try to sell them and then give him the money on like art websites and stuff like that. But I started to notice that some of his artwork, if not most of them, had some elements of evilness, even sat satanic stuff. And I told him, you know, you know, you know that I'm religious and you can't, I'm not going to promote these kind of things. Don't send me anything like this again. And so we started to, 
to feel a little drip a riff there. And what finally did it in was because um, he he would never tell me why he uh, went to prison. And he was like he's doing hard time like federal prison. I'm talking about. He'd never tell me why he did why he did um, why he was in prison. He just kept dancing around it, saying that he can because the call calls are being monitored. If he can't write it to me either, because they read my letters before they go out, so he wouldn't never tell me why he was in there. And I think he's still in there, as far as I know, because he was doing like some serious hard time. And so he wanted me to sign some petition for a bill that would decrease the crime, decrease the time for hardened criminals. I was like. So I told him, no, I'm not going to sign this bill. I don't know what, what, what these people were in, in prison for. Why would I want to release someone who, who deserves to be in jail? I think he took offense. I said, I said I'm for, and as far as you go, you still haven't told me why you're in there. As far as I know, who knows if you're not one of the hardened criminals who deserve to, you know, deserve to be in there. And that was it. He blocked me from his email, from the prison email, and... Then he had this friend in Florida. She, she, she called me and wanted me to give her his artwork. I said, "Listen, I'm not giving you anything." Number one, number two. When he sent me this stuff, he told me I could do what I want with them. So you know what I did? I threw him away. He told me I could do what I want with them. I threw him out. Now, if, if he want, if he gets, when he gets, when and if he gets out, if he wants, I have all digital copies of him. He could have all that. As far as the physical copies, they're gone and buried so I, I pretty much told her off and I haven't heard from her since so that's my story in a nutshell there so you tell me if you feel like I treated the online friend like an actual friend would you do the things that um, that I did for online friend would you call that a real friendship I'd like to hear your thoughts about that. Give me a call, 323-835-1123 or politicalbombshow.cf. That was it in a nutshell. So um, I don't know what else to say on that except uh, the answer is yes, I do. If, if in fact I really do feel like you were a true friend, whether it be online or wherever we met, the emotions for me were just as strong as someone I grew up with or someone that I became close with. When I become close, it doesn't matter if it's online or not, I really do become close and I go to extraordinary extraordinary lengths to 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 uh for that friendship. So that is pretty much um and there was one time where I was deceived. I hate being deceived. I mean why would you go through these lengths of pretend? I guess they would call that catfish, pretending to be someone. And then once you grow feelings, then you say, oh, by the way, this isn't me. And they wrote, write me a letter saying that they're sorry they did this. It was just whatever. Then I still, after that, knowing that maintain a friendship, but eventually the friendship was... You know, the deception just overwhelmed, was too overwhelming, and it killed the friendship. So it's always better to be honest than to be deceitful. Because, like I said, being deceitful is pretty much being a liar. And those are the two things I hate, a liar and a thief. I can't deal with a liar and a thief. So it's better to be upfront than to be a liar or a thief. Because 
it's just not going to happen. I'm not going to allow you back into my life. It's just like the kid that I used to mentor. If you watch, if you listen or watch the Why Must I Cry video, the kid that I used to mentor was just too much lying and too much cheating and too much stealing to come back from, especially when over and over, over and over and over, I, I give you chances when my mom would tell me, tell me that, you know, my mom had her intuition. She was like, this kid is trouble. Why are you taking on trouble? You're a single guy. You don't need to do this. And I didn't actually plan on doing it. But that's another long story. Basically, to, to sum it up, I used to walk my dog, and he used to stand right in front of my doorstep and say hi to me all the time. I used to ignore him. And uh, I felt bad, but I was like, I don't want, I don't, this strange kid is just annoying. Why is he keep standing in front of my doorstep waving hi to me? I'm just going to ignore him. So I ignored him for the longest time, hoping that he would go away and never come back. But talk about persistence. He just, every day, he would be right there. Then finally, one day, I just waved back hi, and that was the end of that. His grandmother was like, oh, you have a new friend. And that was the end of that. I should never wave. If I, if I could go back in time like like uh, like um, Dr. Strange and reverse that, I would have never, I would have kept going and never waved high back because those events caused me to lose a good 10 or plus years of my life that I'll never get back. So I should have never, ever, Never ever engage that. I should have just left it alone. I should have just ignored him, no matter how how hard it was. Because I'm not not um not a bad person by nature. I can't be just cold hearted by nature. I'm usually nice. So anyway, I couldn't. I can't take it back. And I guess everything was a learning experience that made me strong as who I am now. I guess so. Can't take things back. Got to keep moving forward. There's nothing I could do now about it. Can't take it back. What's done is done. What's done is done. So that's pretty much all I got here for today. I'd like to hear your online friendship stories. If you truly uh, made deep friendships with online friends like I did. I try not to do that anymore. I don't really, I don't even make real life friends, never mind online friends. I try to stay away. I try to stay away because it's nice having friends, obviously. But a lot of friends that I have, they don't like to do anything that I like to do. I like to go to classical orchestras, for instance. No one likes to do that. So all they want to do is go to the titty bar. CEO, oh, let's go to the titty bar, titty bar, titty bar. How about let's go take in some classical music or something? You want to go to this trashy place in Springfield? What the heck is the name of it? Uh, some ghetto place. I can't, I, I rated it. <laughs> I went on Facebook and gave it a ray load, and I, ray, a low rating. I think maybe two or three stars. I said it's ghetto AF. And, um, the bathroom don't even have a door. It's some nasty, dirty black curtain. And uh, I can't think of the name of the place right now, but Gio always wants to go there with Mr. Jackson and um, Ozzy. 
But yeah, I, I told him I'm not going there. Now take me to a classy, a classy, which I don't know. I don't think there's any classy strip clubs. But if you can find one that's classy, then I'm there. But my days of going to a strip club is over. It's boring. Although Mr. Jackson, which he does make a valid point, he was like, I, I kind of really just go there because I'm socializing with my friends, with you guys. So I get that. And so sometimes I do break down and go, but I just don't like the ghetto one. I can't, I still for the life of me can't think of the name of it. But um, so I'll compromise and go to their place, the things they like to do, but they will not go to anything that I like to do. Although, Will did show interest of wanting to go to a classical show. So maybe one day I'll just buy two tickets and say, I got two tickets. You want to go, go with me and see what happens. Um, but that's pretty much all I got for Friday. TGIF, TGIF. So I will talk to you guys on Monday. God's willing. Take care, everyone. TGIF. Oh, baby, come on, so come on, people, baby.